0: Section fifteen of the Hohenzollerns in America by Stephen Leacock. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Echoes of the War, six. Some Just Complaints about the War. No patriotic man would have cared to lift up his voice against the government in wartime. Personally, I should not want to give utterance even now to anything in the way of criticism but the complaints which were presented below came to me, unsought and unsolicited, and represented such a variety of sources, and such just and unselfish points of view, that I think it proper, for the sake of history, to offer them to the public. I give them, just as they reached me, without modifications of any sort. The just complaint of Mr. Thredler, my tailor, as expressed while measuring me for my win-the-war autumn suit complaint sir oh no we have no complaint to make in our line of business none whatever forty-two mr jeffson it would hardly become us to complain side pockets mr jeffson but we think perhaps it is rather a mistake for the government thirty-three on the leg to encourage the idea of economy in dress our attitude is that the well-dressed man A little fuller in the chest? Yes, a little fuller in the chest, please, Mr. Jeffson, is better able to serve his country than the man who goes about in an old suit. The motto of our trade is Thrift with Taste. It was made up in our spring convention of five hundred members in a four-day sitting. We feel it to be twenty-eight, very appropriate. Our feeling is that a gentleman wearing one of our thrift worsteds under one of our win-the-war light overcoats Mr. Jeffson, please show that new win the war overcoating. Is really helping to keep things going. We like to reflect, sir. Nothing in shirtings today? That we're doing our bit, too, in presenting to the enemy an undisturbed nation of well dressed men. Nothing else, sir. The week after next? Ah, if we can, sir. But we're greatly rushed with our new and patriotic thrift orders. Good morning, sir the just complaint of Madame Pavoluccini, the celebrated contralto, as interviewed incidentally in the palm-room of the Slitz Hotel over a cup of tea, one dollar, French win the war pastry, one-fifty, and help the Navy cigarettes, $1. fifty. I would not want to criticize the government. Ah, non! That would be what you call a skunk-tree Madame Pavoluccini comes from Missouri, and dares not talk any other kind of English than this while on tour, with any strangers listening. But, I ask myself, is it not just a little wrong to discourage and tax the poor artistes? We are doing our beat, Hein. We sing, we recite. I sing so many beautiful songs to ze soldiers, songs about love and youth and passion, and spring and kisses and the men are carried off their feet. They rise, they rush to the war. I have seen them in my patriotic concerts where I accept nothing but my expenses and my fee, and give all that is beyond to the war. Only last night one arose, right in the front rank, the Faulties de Ocrestes, I do not know how you call them in English. "'Let me out of these,' he scream, "'me for the war, me for the trenches.' was IT not magnifique what you call splendide EIN? and then the government come and tell me i must pay them 10000 dollars when i make only 60000 dollars at the opera another skunk tree kind the just complaint of mr grunge income taxpayer as imparted to me over his own port wine after dinner no i shouldn't want to complain "'I mean in any way that would reach the outside—reach it, that is, in connection with my name—though I think that the thing ought to be said by somebody. I think you might say it. Let me pour you out another glass of this conquistador—yes, it's the old 87—but I suppose we'll never get any more of it on this side. They say that the rich Spaniards are making so much money they're buying up every cask of it, and it will never be exported again.' just another illustration of the way that the war hits everybody alike. But, as I was saying, I think if you were able to raise a complaint about the income tax, you'd find the whole country, I mean all the men with incomes, behind you. I don't suppose they'd want you to mention their names. But they'd be behind you, see? They'd all be there. Will you try one of these gugulias? They're the very best, but I guess we'll never see them again, they say the rich Cubans are buying them up, so the war hits us there too. As I see it, the income tax is the greatest mistake the government ever made. It hits the wrong man. It falls on the man with an income and lets the other man escape. The way I look at it, and the way that all the men that will be behind you look at it, is that if a man sticks tight to it and goes on earning all the income he can, He's doing his bit, in his own way, to win the war. All we ask is to be let alone. Don't put that in your notes as from me, but you can say it. Let us alone to go on quietly piling up income till we get the Germans licked. But if you start to take away our income, you discourage us, you knock all the patriotism out of us. To my mind, a man's income and his patriotism are the same thing." BUT OF COURSE DON'T SAY THAT I SAID THAT. THE JUST COMPLAINT OF MY BARBER, AS EXPRESSED IN THE PAUSES OF HIS OPERATIONS. I'M NOT SAYING NOTHING AGAINST THE GOVERNMENT. ANY FACIAL MASSAGE THIS MORNING? I GUESS THEY KNOW THEIR OWN BUSINESS, OR THEY'D OUGHT TO, ANYWAY. BUT I KICK AT ALL THIS TALK AGAINST THE BARBER BUSINESS IN wartime. WILL I SINGE THEM ENDS A BIT? THE PAPERS ARE FULL OF IT ALL THE TIME." I don't see much else in them. Last week I saw where a feller said that all the barber-shops ought to be closed up. Bay rum? Till the war was over. Say, I'd like to have him right here in this chair with a razor at his throat, the way I have you. As I see it, the barber-business is the most necessary business in the whole war. A man'll get along without everything else, just about, but he can't get along without a shave, can he?' or not without losing all the pep and self-respect that keeps him going. They say them fellers over in France has to shave every morning by military order. If they didn't, the Germans would have em beat. I say the barber is doing his bit as much as any man. I was to Washington four months last winter, and I done all the work of three senators and two congressmen. Will I clip that neck? And I done the work of a United States admiral every Saturday night. "'If that ain't war-work, show me what is. "'But I don't kick, I just go along. "'If a man appreciates what I do "'and likes to pay a little extra for it, "'why so much the better? "'But if he's low enough to get out of this chair you're in "'and walk off without giving a cent more than he has to, "'why let him go? "'But sometimes when I get thinking about all this outcry "'about Barber's work in wartime, "'I feel like following the man to the door "'and slitting his throat for him.' "'Thank you, sir. Thank you, sir. Good morning. Next.' The Just Complaint of Mr. Singlestone, formerly Mr. Einstein, Theatre Proprietor "'I would be the last man, the very last, to say one word against the government. I think they are doing fine. I think the boys in the trenches are doing fine. I think the nation is doing fine. But if there's just one thing where they're wrong, it's in the matter of the theaters. I think it would be much better for the government not to attempt to cut down or regulate theatres in any way. The theatre is the people's recreation. It builds them up. It's all part of a great machine to win the war. I like to stand in the box office and see the money come in, and feel that the theatre is doing its bit. But, mind you, I think the President is doing fine. So, all I say is, I think the theatres ought to be allowed to do fine, too." the just complaint of Mr. Silas Heck, farmer, as interviewed by me, incognito, at the counter of the gold-dollar saloon. Yes, sir, I say the government's in the wrong, and I don't care who hears me. Say, is that feller in the slick overcoat listening? Let's move along a little further. They're right to carry on the war for all the nation is worth. That's sound, and I'm with them. But they ought not to take the farmer off in his farm." "'There I'm agin' em. The farmer is the one man necessary for the country. They say they want bacon for the allies. Well, the way I look at it is, if you want bacon, you need hogs. And if there are no men left in the country like me, what'll you do for hogs?' "'Thanks. Was you payin' for that? Guess we won't have another, eh? Two of them things might be bad for a feller.' So, when I used to listen to the complaints of this sort that rose on every side, I was glad that I was not President of the United States. At the same time, I do think that the government makes a mistake in taxing the profits of the poor book-writers under the absurd name of income, but let that go, the Kaiser would probably treat us worse. End of section 15.